Beyonce and Brene, two H-Town girls doing the damn thing. Stop it. Rise up. <laughs> I love both of you so much. I can't breathe. Okay. <laughs> there will be shrines. <laughs> there will be prayer Multiple. stones. <laughs> we will do sacrifices. That's right. I'm drawing necessary. my own blood. That's right. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Say that shit. Woof. Wait, what? (laughs) Cheers. Hi, everyone. Welcome back to another episode of Amateur Intellectuals. My name is Kendall, and I'm here with my co-host, Caitlin. Hi. (laughs) (laughs) I was waiting so long. Then I was like, I'm not going to look. I'm just going to look. Okay. There it is. Okay, we're here. We're here together at the same time, synced up. Yes, honey. Um, Amateur Intellectuals is a podcast where we get together, the two of us. We do a deep dive on a topic. We have a good time. We have some drinks. We learn and we laugh a lot along the way. Caitlin, today's question. Would you rather be a leader or a follower? I would rather be a leader, but I have an interesting answer. Like, I have an interesting why, I think. Okay. This is going to sound so pretentious. Okay. Work. Work with me and pretend that I don't sound like I'm completely full of myself. (laughs) Toxic personality. Last week. That's right. (laughs) Narcissist. I feel like I want to be a leader, not because I'm drawn to being a leader. I want to be a leader more than a follower because I want to be the umbrella that protects the other followers. Say that shit. I don't know that I want to be a a leader in the sense that like I'll enjoy it, but I want to be a leader in the sense that I warm the chair of someone who doesn't deserve it would take if I didn't take it. Wow. That was beautiful. I hope so. God pray for me. You've used that in a job interview. You've used that in every job interview. That's I a good haven't. one. I haven't. I've never said that to no? anyone but my husband before. So uh, to are my, you shitting my me? husband and my podcast husband are the two people who, in the world who oh, <laughs> have heard that before. That's beautiful. <laughs> it's really gorgeous. Thank you. And crazy, right in line with what we're talking about today, because one of the biggest themes of today's episode will be vulnerability and how important it is. So before I bury the lead here, I'm so excited for this episode. It is ridiculous. Today, we are talking about Brene motherfucking Brown. Mm, So excited. I'm so excited. Okay, just to kind of set the story here. I um, uh, was introduced to Brene probably about two years ago. Um, Maybe, no, time flies, bitch. It was like four. Um, and I just kind of not became obsessed, but was just like learning so much and just couldn't stop consuming. And, uh, it really resonated, connected with me and just took off. And for the listeners, Caitlin, you are, you know who she is. Mm-hmm. And that's about it. I would say I've had a, a tiny taste of her cause I've seen a Ted talk or two that's and right. I vibe with her. And I've heard right. what you've told me. That's it. So you're about to drop some knowledge on me that I cannot wait for. Because I've she's on my list of like, I need to learn more about her. So this is how we do it. Let's do it. This is how we do it. This is it. Okay. <laughs> I am literally thrilled. I'm shaking. Okay. Oh, okay. Um, 
So the drink of this episode, Brene Brown is a Texan uh, and she is a Topo Chico gal. Topo Chico, she swears by, and it actually, she says, it's the best soda water because it's bubbles, and she's so spot on. She's so spot on. The bubbles are bigger in this soda water. And Topo Chico, for some reason, that brand mm-hmm. of, I think they might even call it mineral water. I might have that messed up. But um, it's the clear glass bottles with the little cute little yellow lo- logo. Mm-hmm. Um And it's just really crisp and lovely, but the bubbles are bigger, so it makes it feel softer, and it's just absolutely refreshing and delicious. So get yourself a bottle of Topo Chico. Topo Chico, we are looking for our sponsor money, and Mm -hmm. we are going to get started. Let's do it. Okay. Now, I wrote this down because I was like, quote, I literally don't know where to start. (laughs) So, (laughs) cue drama. We're going to write it down. This is Um, it. Now, I, Brene, if you're out there and you're listening, just skip 30 seconds because I don't, I literally don't know. I don't want to say this in front of you, but I feel like I need to explain to other people who might have heard things and then made opinions and they are wrong and I'm about to tell them they're wrong. So, um, I am no fan of self-help books. Not that I've actually ever read one or know much about them at all, but I do know the stigma around the system of giving people strategies and then the cynicism towards a rich white person telling me how to hashtag keep at it Mm, and mm -hmm. God will fulfill your dreams with wealth. No, thank you, my pillow guy. Keep your prosperity gospel and leave me the fuck alone. Fair. End of stump speech. Mm. Now, that said, the person that we're talking about today, I think may be mistaken sometimes as a self-help expert. And from the fucking rooftops, loud and clear, <laughs> Renee Brown is not one of those. She is not. She is a researcher. She is a professor. She's a best-selling author. She is, this is hard statistics. This is data. This is tools. This is real things. Mm, you know that's how my brain works. Oof, it's just so gorgeous. I'm literally winded. I'm so excited. Um, so <laughs> I'm literally winded. <laughs> <laughs> <Brene! Sitting here. laughs> okay. <laughs> um, okay, so she is a scientist who is a wonderful storyteller, and that is likely a miracle combination. It probably is why she has gained the notoriety that she is, because I don't think those two things coincide very often. Yeah, true. Mm-hmm. Um, and what she does so Well, as she gives language to topics, she identifies complex emotions and names them in common tongue so that we can know how to speak about what we're feeling, why are we we are feeling it and what we can do to help to end it, to appease it, to mend it, to break through it, whatever it is. Um, She gives us the nomenclature to identify it and then thus the tools and the uh, systems and all of the things that are just so helpful um and literally it changed my life Mm. uh this is a quote from brene she is from houston so beyonce and brene two h-town girls doing the damn thing stop it (laughs) praise up (laughs) i love both of you so much i can't breathe okay There will be shrines. <laughs> there will be prayer Multiple. stones. <laughs> we will do sacrifices. That's right. I'm drawing necessary. my own blood. That's right. Mm-hmm. <laughs> okay. So, Brene Brown was born in San Antonio, Texas. 
and her family moved to New Orleans. And it wasn't really clear on like the timeline here. But I wholeheartedly believe New Orleans is a portal or a piece of heaven on earth and whatever happens there. And to know that she came, it's like a product of New Orleans just makes it 10 times sweeter because my God, it doesn't get better. That's so funny because you've been called to New Orleans separately, I thought. Like you've just had this calling to you. And now all of a sudden this like coincidence, that's crazy. Continue. I mean, that's nuts. That's nuts, right? Like in the Bible, it's like Jesus from Nazareth. And I'm like, Brene from New Orleans. Let me make my Mecca. Let's go. Uh, so she now lives in Houston. She has a PhD, honey, in social work. Mm-hmm. Talking about self-help. No, honey. She is a scientist. Mm-hmm. And she's the author of five number one New York Times bestsellers. Okay. Getting in now. A little bit thicker. Nine years ago, Brene Brown gave a TED Talk in Houston. Mm-hmm. This is a top five most top five most watched TED Talk. Though she had already published a book, this was really the world's introduction to Brene. She's a researcher, study, storyteller, and she is sharing the results of a six-year project on studying connection. She dives into the importance of connection and how we are built for it, how we must have it, and it's the one thing, excuse me, the one thing that is most detrimental to our connection organ is shame. Mm. We're going to be talking a lot about shame. Neat. (laughs) (laughs) She would say the same thing. She'd be like, God. Okay. Uh, Through this process of listening to stories, collecting data, doing focus groups, a fuck ton of science, she discovered that shame is the single most destructive thing to our sense of belonging and love. She found that people who display the most feelings of belonging and love are those who believe they deserve it. They do this through excruciating vulnerability. They use vulnerability as the conduit for connection. She calls people that live with this sort of worthiness as a wholehearted living. So this first talk is really about vulnerability as the answer for connection and thus wholehearted living, which is language for I mean, wholehearted living who doesn't like she was trying to figure out I think a way to describe this is the best way to be it's not like saying that you're going to always be happy you're, this isn't joy-filled living this isn't perfect living this is wholehearted this is optimum this is as good as it gets for us mm-hmm. um at the next TED talk a year later so you've seen both of these yeah okay so she opens the next TED talk with some jokes on like you know, I, I I told all these people, um, you know, shame is this big destructive thing. And mm-hmm. then I told them that it, that they needed to be vulnerable to get out of it. And the way to do that, she said, I, I just did it. I just put on a big screen that you just break down. You just break down. And this is such a bad idea. And I need to go back and uh, they're going to put this on YouTube and I have to pull it off YouTube. And like, what if 2000, 3000 people see it? I'm going to be canceled. I'm going to be like, this is going to be the end for me. And then it's like 14 million hits or 4 million hits in a, in a week. And I think now it's up to like 16. And it's That's just, what truth does. Truth yes, like raises above the rest of the noise. And it, yes. And it, well, it, it, people needed it and they got it. And more to come with Brene always. Excuse me. Hold on. Okay. 
Let the spirit move through you. (laughs) (laughs) The uh, next TED, I think I started. The next TED talk a year later is more focused on, it's more focused on shame. So titled Mm -hmm. Listening to Shame, this is the perfect answer to the question posed in the last TED talk. Vulnerability is seen as weakness to most Americans, maybe even most people. Um, But it is actually the most accurate measurement of courage. Shame blocks us from vulnerability. The difference in shame and guilt is this beautiful story that she lays out so that she's defining exactly what she's talking about with shame. Shame isn't like, I feel bad because of that's guilt. Shame is, I am bad. Yeah, something's wrong with me. Yeah. It's me. She she also does this fabulous thing, and this is what she does so this is her, she's an expert at describing things exactly as they are. So shame mm-hmm. is not guilt. She does she this does. other thing with vulnerability and disclosure. And she's like, vulnerability is offering up a connection a connector to another person and mm-hmm. if those two things link up i'm gonna have a sense of connection and love this feels like weakness this feels like exposure this mm-hmm. feels like disclosure this feels like i'm embarrassed this feels like and you're gonna experience all of those things almost every single time you're doing something vulnerable but what you're actually doing is like there's like heart strings that are like eels in the sea that are mm-hmm. reaching out to each other and we have to let those things get to each other otherwise we're gonna live empty lives and mm-hmm. we won't live wholeheartedly so that rings true that rings true absolutely um she goes on a little bit of a a a story here about shame and guilt just to make it really clear and i love this so i'm going to share this um shame is a focus on self guilt is a focus on behavior shame is i am bad Mm -hmm. guilt is i did something bad many of you uh if you did something that was hurtful to me i would be willing to say i'm sorry i made a mistake she was in the kitchen, I think, with her daughter and the dog, and the dog like ate something that fell on the ground. And Brene looks over and she says, bad dog, right? And Elle, her daughter, looked at her and said, mom, you can't say that. He's not a bad dog, he just did a bad thing. And it's like a perfect example of, we don't, we don't even understand sometimes even the, with the language that we're using, we don't even know what we're saying. And then if you break it down like she does so well, everything becomes a little bit more eye-opening and enlightening and makes the process smoother, which, you know. That's true. I think we're so quick as people to pigeonhole and label people quickly. So I think to fight that instinct and to say like, okay, there was a behavior here. So I think the workplace is a really good example of this because there's just a lot of like, I'm trying to be professional. You're trying to be professional. We don't know each other. We don't know the whole tip of the iceberg of our relationships, right? Like it's a perfect setting for misunderstanding. And I think, you know, you, you throw down or you make a mistake or whatever. And then you know, people can quickly say that person is bad or that person is not to be trusted or that person is what, I mean, X, Y, Z, I don't know. I'm making it up. But I just think like, oh, how easy it is to like sweep individual whole human beings under the carpet or whatever. But I think in reality, like if we practice what Brene says, more of just Mm. like, listen, the behavior might happen, but you don't know everything that's happening of this individual. We're so much bigger than the little bit that we see. I think that's a great chance to use her mantra is like in the workplace yeah 
Yes, yes. And she actually wrote a whole book about it. Ugh. And uh, we actually just went through it at work and it was groundbreaking and fantastic and revolutionary. And we're going to get into that a bit later in the episode, but you're spot on. And like, I even like want to like expand that. It's like the, the way that we talk about like felons, the way that we talk about crime history, mm. the way that we talk about job yeah. history, the way we talk about all of these things, we just need to take a more attentive and intentional look at those things because we've just been using the wrong words all along. And it's really, it's really mucked up the whole system. Mm-hmm. Writing uh, off, you write off people pretty quickly. For yeah, over nothing. Yeah. yeah. Um, okay. So by giving language to feelings, processes, and strategies, BB, that's what I'm going to call it from now on. BB <laughs> really changed my life. Um, Queen BB, Queen BB. That's right. Yes. <laughs> Mother darling. Yes. Um, years ago, I had only watched those two videos and the work had already started uh, burrowing into my bones and it was rooting out what used to stand in its place. Wow. I believe that American culture, greed, racism, xenophobia, things like that are mm-hmm. so around us. They're so enveloping, they entrench us and it's absorbed through our skin and it saturates our muscles and our fats and it dwells in our tissue and it makes home in your dense bones. And Brene's words were the solvents that took out all of that built up grime that takes so much work and like and like I'm not I'm not shitting you it is a lot of work and it's a lot of thinking and it's a lot of going through mm-hmm. scenarios and it's a lot of messing up um but I'm just so so grateful that I she handed me and millions of other people the tools to do it mm-hmm. um I just can't get over her so it's funny I remember years ago sitting on the back patio of a gay bar in Fort Worth I was probably walking a tightrope of holding myself together, chain smoking cigarettes and feeling anxious just about being there. Mm -hmm. And I looked over to my friend and asked if he had seen that video about shame on YouTube. And he says, yes. And off we go through this rabbit hole, sharing pieces of the pie that we remembered. We love the most. We hold near our hearts. And it was literally like speaking a different language in front of people all around us. It was so beautiful and I'll never forget it. Wow. Yeah, you changed it. You changed the trajectory, right? Because there's a template when you go in there to feel a certain, and I think there's something to be said that I will never understand the depth of about being just a a gay person in Texas. Like there's something that's an extra deep thing that you have to live through. And I think she's from Texas, you're from Texas. And like just the idea of like speaking truth amid a trend, right? Mm -hmm. Like we're speaking something that's more lasting. We're speaking something that's more true to human behavior amid something that we're feeling like the majority, or I don't know, a lot of people are feeling now. And it just feels like you can transcend all of it. You can just rise above it all and say, this is what's going to last. These are the things that are real. And I can tell the difference. And she's helping us lead the way, right? Yes. Uh, 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 nailed on its head exactly and it's like I will get frustrated sometimes and don't get me wrong like levity is great and I need to not just be so in my head all the times all of the time but um yes you're 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 exactly right it, it there's something about knowing 
and being self-aware and having the tools to do to talk about what I need and what I want. I think so many people miss this train. I think so many people miss this train. Um, and you're exactly right. So, um, but what she really does so excellently is describe the nature of shame as the fundamental core problem for wholehearted living. And that has different faces and it can be perfectionism. It can be the way that you tease people. It can be your cynicism. It can be your comparison. It can be gossiping. It can be discrimination. And all of these things ultimately come down to shame. Shame is the ultimate culprit. And the only thing that shame is, is fear of not belonging mm. or, in another word, not deserving connection. That's it. That's yeah. the whole. The bare bones. Yep. It's just right stripped down to the bare bones. And it's cut and it's sharp and it's like, here you go. Mm -hmm. Now, if you just take this and like anytime you're in a situation where you're angry and you're reacting and you're saying things that you wouldn't normally say and you're feeling things that you don't always feel. And if that's at work or at home or with your mom or in the car by yourself or wherever it is, like, like almost every time you can just come right back down to I'm feeling shame. Mm -hmm. about something if i go into a shame spiral is what she calls them this can get destructive quickly but now that i'm aware of it i can do this 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 and this i can use empathy here i can be vulnerable here i can go uh, with curiosity and kindness and answer it in its face wherever it is oh my god yes <laughs> <laughs> it just came out of the heavens glowing it with these these words just did it um this next section of the pod is going to be about Dare to Lead, which is the book that she wrote about exactly what you're talking about uh, earlier with with workplaces and acting professional and how it's corporate America has kind of led to this like we're afraid of getting in trouble for being too open and vulnerable. Mm -hmm. we, we're supposed to share and be connected and friendly and kind, but we're also not supposed to share and be friendly and kind as if it gets in the if it becomes burdensome. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Um, she starts this book out with the quote that I read to you when we talked about last time we talked about BB, but it's a Teddy Roosevelt quote. I'll read it again. just in case they missed that one, anyone missed that one. Um, Teddy Roosevelt said, it's not the critic who counts. It's not the man who points out how the strong man stumbles or where the doer of deeds could have done them better. The credit belongs to the man who is actually in the arena, whose face is marred by dust and sweat and blood. Who strives valiantly, who at the best knows in the end the triumph of high achievement, and who at the worst, if he fails, at least fails while daring greatly. Yes, that was our that was our toxic personalities um, episode with the critic. I remember. So that was uh, that's right. That was where we brought that in because that was an amazing aside on that one. Anyway, yes, episode seven. Yes, that's right. Okay, so. Uh, this book starts with this gorgeous concept of permission slips because you're in your office space and you're with people who are kind of your friends, but not really your friends. And you have some boundaries that you need to define mm -hmm. um, for you them. You can't be wholly yourself. They're not your friends. They're people that you just make a paycheck next to. Right. You have to be careful yes. about exposing too much of yourself, but not enough of yourself. It's a weird line. Yes. It's a totally. And like, why? Like not like an author, but like why didn't the founding fathers or why didn't Paul or one of the disciples write a book on office boundaries? Because Paul. like we 
We've needed oh, this for <laughs> doubting. Get we your need shit. you to write a book. That was Tom. Oh, wait. Doubting Thomas. <laughs> wow. We, okay. <laughs> anyway, the Beatle, Paul McCartney, is what you're there referring we go. to from the Bible. <laughs> Paul McCartney is less fucked up. I mean, uh, Paul McCartney was like a hippie icon, and Paul was a homophobe. Yeah. So. Yeah. But we'll leave Pick that. Pick your poison. <laughs> <laughs> Oof, sorry. Love it. Continue. Love I promise it. we're trying. <laughs> That's right. We're giving ourselves permission slips. So permission slips are, uh, it's more about you, actually. Give yourself permission slips and saying, this is where I'm going to check out. If we come here and I'm not ready for that, I'm going to check out here. Or if I need to... Um, uh, gather. Uh, she she calls circle back. She says circle back a lot. Like like you don't have to answer the question now. You can circle back, or you cannot answer the question. Or you, uh, give your you need to give yourself freedom in order to go through these processes because it's a lot of work and sometimes it's painful. Mm -hmm. So giving yourself permission to say that, to act that way, to do that is fantastic. And I love that she starts with that. It's healthy. It's just healthy behavior. Yes. You don't have and to have the answer at every second, at every turn. Sometimes you need to sit on it. And sometimes you need to recognize when you're not in your best state to be able to answer your own questions. And if you can yes. master that and say like, I need to come back to this at another moment. If you can handle that about yourself, I think 90% of the battle is won in identity and struggle and conflict with others, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera say that shit mary that was so yes <laughs> the battle is if you if you were there the battle is half mostly won it's yeah. already won yeah yeah definitely um so in the uh, the, uh dare to lead i almost said doing greatly uh, <laughs> Uh, the work starts with sharing about vulnerability which is it, it, it the book is asking like how do you feel about vulnerability? Were you raised in a household or were you in an environment where vulnerability was seen as weakness or mm. does vulnerability resemble strength to you or courage? What does <gasps> vulnerability mean to you? Oh, that's an interesting question. And so maybe that's what, well, no, I'm really glad we talked about that first. Let's ask this question now. How, do, what is vulnerability to Caitlin? Oh, it, okay. So not to like judge my family, but like, I love you all. Say like, their name. <laughs> but I will say that, no, vulnerability is not something that is like, no, it's okay. But like, there's a price for it. So like, is it worth it? So you need to be careful and like, you need to be careful who you expose it to and are they going to use it against you later? And it's like, a, it's a, like, I'm not, I'm not shitting on my family. I'm just saying we're all like-minded people. Right. That want to be careful that we don't hurt each other. So is it are, is it careful that you hurt each other in now I have intel that's sensitive and in a fit of rage, I could hurt you. Is it yep. that was that what you mean? Yep. Really? And, and I've done it as much as anybody has done it to me. I have pointed yeah. that shit at people and hurt them in my family as much, like particularly my siblings, like as much as they have pointed it at me, like fair, yeah. like if we're it's being learned. real, but it, it is learned and it's a chess game and like, mm -hmm. it's kind of exhausting. And so if there is another way, you know, 
Father Kendall. <laughs> there's another this is way. Mother, darling. I'm just telling you, sister. Sister Kendall. Sis, yes. Sister Mary Kendall. Yeah. I need you to tell me what that is. Yes. Like again, not judging, not judging my family, but that is no. totally a thing that that we've all acknowledged at one point or another. What about you? Tell me yours. What is your this, dynamic? This like? is what's so strange about this because like hearing so in an office full of you know 14 15 20 25 people whatever it is mm-hmm. it, 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 literally nine times out of ten it's vulnerability is not good vulnerability is is shame vulnerability is weakness vulnerability is uncomfortable and the workplace necessary. Is, well in the workplace that's always it that's always it. I agree down. With you. yeah 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 yes. i have never seen a workplace environment where that's okay to like expose yourself and like slow down from the workplace Oof. In order to yes. have a situation like I've never seen a welcoming place like that. No, <laughs> no, no. And now and now Brene literally travels the country going to businesses, organizations, corporations and telling them how to do it. And like it is the work of Christ well, and jewels in her crown. Boss, mom, sis. I will be your dog. I do, <laughs> I do whatever. Bad dog. <laughs> right. Give it to me. Um, if Renee yeah. tells me, then it's true. So it's fine. <laughs> That's right. So for me, this and like uh, there's there's gonna be some hip, 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 hypocrisy here. For me, I feel I don't know what this is. For me, I feel like. Our family growing up was very vulnerable. I feel like vulnerability, okay, maybe that's it. We weren't vulnerable, but we cherished vulnerability. Oh, okay. That's what it is. We didn't practice vulnerability often. And so, like, normalizing it never was succeeded. Yeah, yeah. It didn't Um, have an opportunity to manifest very much. Is that fair? Oh, no, I think there were plenty of opportunities. I mean, like, as a gay man, I came out at 24-ish in the middle of, like, what I thought was the end of the world. Like, it took me reaching my fucking end to, like, oh, wow. like let the words fall out of my mouth. And, like, at the girl at the same time, girl, baby, when you came out of that womb wearing them heels, everybody fucking knew. So, <laughs> <laughs> I don't know why you acting brand fucking new, but... But it took that long, and, and it was because it's vulnerability. There's, there's, but, but at the same time, it was, it was always taught to me as strength, and I think it had something to do with faith. I like that. Um, but, uh, but I think a lot of people also in faith see it reverse. So it's an interesting dynamic because it, it, it's definitely statistically vulnerability is bad. Yeah, it's the majority it, for sure. For sure. For sure. Nine, yeah. 90%, yeah. Yeah. Where, yeah. Yeah. Because it's scary and you know it's what? You risk shit. you risk getting burned. And is it worth mm-hmm. it? Are mm-hmm. you the individual that I'm gonna expose myself to? I heard it. I heard what I heard it when I said it. <laughs> Sorry, yes. I just spit on the microphone. Um, so like if I expose my personality to you and my vulnerability to you, are you gonna mm-hmm. abuse it? Or are you gonna treat it with respect and right. help us move forward and grow? Because it's a real trust fall isn't it you're falling it backwards is. into trust and are you going to catch me or are you going to let me fall into the friggin' dirt and get a concussion face that's down. what it is right it's, so exactly it's scary because right. you don't know until the person catches you or doesn't and you and it's the most important component of wholehearted living right Whoa. like that is so bizarre like being connected is so important for us it's like wired into us mm-hmm. and the best way to do it is to be vulnerable and like to 
to connect with others and and like and like and when you think about it anytime that you've been vulnerable and it's and 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 it, it created a bond that bond is stronger than the bonds that you create nine times otherwise you if and you me, do it, boo boo you and me that's right we if started just we started right away we started mm-hmm. right away just start, like sharing stuff i don't know who started it i don't know but like you and i just sort of inched forward Cause yeah. you and I started in a working relationship and That's we didn't right. have that relationship. We didn't have anything, any background. We didn't know the shit about each other. That's right. And we started just inching, 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 inching. And it took tiny little increments until yeah. we were like, Oh no, he's one of mine. <laughs> like, yeah. He's one of my people. And then we had that trust. Yeah. Yeah. You can like, you can feel out the little signals and then it's like the tape falls off, whatever like duct yeah. tape is holding you together and your guts spill out on the floor. Oh, and you can speak. like truth. Yeah. And then you just know you are with like people and, and that, that creates these, these dynamic bonds that are literally, I believe wholeheartedly that the, the whole point of life. Wow. What the fuck else are we doing if we don't have this? I mean, um, we're just running through the motions and. That's going right. to work and hating right. ourselves. <laughs> yeah. Buying new glasses. Okay, what's, work. What's life without connection and vulnerability equals connection? So what's your, what are you willing to pay for it? Yeah. Everything. Mm. Fucking everything. Um, okay. So the book then moves into identifying the problems within the group or organization, giving it name, giving it get like labels like we were talking about earlier. Mm-hmm. Uh, some examples of this, and this is a longer list, but just so I can kind of give examples of how she does it. Yeah. Being a knower and being right over, is there a culture in the workplace of being a knower and being right over being a learner and getting it right? Rate that on to, you know, zero to four, how often that happens in your office. Um, rewarding exhaustion as a status symbol and attaching productivity to self-worth over modeling and supporting rest, play, and recovery. (gasps) Whoa. It's it's profound shit. And it's like little tiny bullseyes every single time. No, that rings absolutely true. Yeah, yeah. Continue. Mm -hmm. Yes, yes. A thousand Uh times. Is it numbing over setting boundaries and finding real comfort? It's she just figures out like these little like teeny little words and we just tinker them into the right place. And it's magic every single time. Um, There are there's like 14 or 16 of those. And I just included the three because it's like I could literally read all of these. And then this would be a four hour long podcast and I would literally be plagiarizing Brene. Make Um, them read it, babe. Make them read their book. So I'm going to stop there. That's That's right. right. There is a call to action to buy the book later. So that's coming. Um. What does empathy look like is the next section of the book. Um, And what does it look like when you miss empathy? Mm -hmm. And how can you be more aware of what empathy is and how to use it? So she, I kind of jumped there, I'm realizing in my notes, but she explains that empathy is also, so in, 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 in moments of vulnerability, empathy is important. Um, so on the flip side of and not you're not the one being vulnerable, you're the one receiving vulnerability. Yeah. Empathy is the way to make that connection. That's of the course. conduit on the other end. Um, it's recognizing and- someone else being vulnerable. That's what it is. That's what empathy is. I see you. I hear you. And I have also been in that situation and I relate to you. I mean, that's all it is. I just I'm accepting 
the hand you're reaching out with. I see you. I'm accepting you. I'm connecting with you. That's it. That's, That's all it. it is. Yeah. Yep. yep. And then she explains how people think that they're using empathy and they're not. Um, so she calls these empathy misses. And so for her specifically, she's like, sympathy is an empathy miss. Sympathy pisses me off when somebody gives me sympathy and not empathy. I will shut down. Oh so, my god, I feel so sorry for you. Exactly. I'm so sorry. Oh. And like Bless. never tries to put yourself in their shoes. Yeah. Just like yeah. I'm so sorry you're broken. Oh. Oh. <laughs> oh. Good luck. Right. She <laughs> says exactly spot on. She says, bless your heart. Because you know in the sound and says we mm -hmm. say, Oh, bless your sweet little heart. Mm -hmm. Um those She's are like, that's venomous, venomous oh, yeah. words. And she'll just cut that bitch out. Mm. Mm -hmm. Don't need her. Um, <laughs> she she gives an example. I'm summarizing this quite a bit. But she um, she says empathy looks like say that sucks with me and be in it while it's happening. Don't feel sorry for me. Feel sorry with me. Yeah. It's not don't don't be like, oh, my God. And, and then and then. Uh, she names some other ways that people think that they're doing it. So uh, six empathy misses, uh, six ways people think that they're empathetic, but they are not. And one of them is called the gasp and awe. And that's the, wow, that is so terrible. <gasps> oh my God, I can't believe that happened, right? Which this is just making the person feeling bad about whatever vulnerable thing they had to say. You're just validating that fear. It's yeah. the only thing you're doing whenever you... <gasps> Really it quick, is that bad. really quick. Mm -hmm. The way yeah. remember we've said a few times now that I'm a visual learner. So the yes. way that I picture what you're telling me in this moment is you've got somebody down below and somebody up above on a pedestal, and you have somebody down below saying, I'm hurting, I have yep. a situation, whatever. And then you reach up to that person and you've got the person making a choice. They either stay up on their pedestal and reach down to you and go, Oh honey, and like hold your hand, but they're staying up above you. Or yep. they say, I see you, and they step down off of their pedestal and come down to your level and say, I'm going to sit with you for a while. I'm yeah. going to sit with you for a while until you're feeling ready, and then we'll move on together. That's the difference. That's, That's the empathy. visual difference. It's That's true empathy. empathy. I'm coming yeah. down with you. We're going to experience this together versus like, oh, oh, that must be terrible. terrible. I don't know. I mean, honey, here's my pinky if you want to like Egg, hold on to it for a second. Yeah. Exactly. That's the difference. Exactly. Paint that picture, girl. Mm. Paint that motherfucking picture. how my brain synapses work. Welcome to my brain. I love it. Another one, and this is the one that I'm so terrible at, and it's kind of like we were talking about with uh, toxic personalities. I say, but I don't say it like this, but like I, she calls it the, oh, you think that's bad strategy. Um, and it's trying to cover the shame. What you're trying to do is cover the shame of the other person's vulnerability by mm -hmm. competing with it. Oh. And it, that's how it misses empathy because you're, you, it's toxic when you start comparing shame. Shame is shame, pain is pain. And if you start comparing them, if you make it a game of which is worse, yeah. you, that it's a losing game every single time. Yeah, I see that. I see it. It makes sense. I mean, you your heart's in the right place, but you're like, oh, like, don't worry. For perspective, here's someone who's really going through it. It's like, exactly. thanks, fucking bitch. Like, I was just telling you <laughs> that I was having a hard time, but I'm so glad that you told me that I shouldn't be right. having a hard time because somebody else is having a really hard time. Now I feel empathy for that person on top of my own shit. Thank my you own. so much. Yes, you were worthless. exactly. <laughs> yeah, 
You went. You we're going the opposite way that I wanted to be going with me being vulnerable with you. You monster! Exactly. I made a wrong yes. choice, wrong mm-hmm. turn yeah, well, with trusting you with my vulnerability. Yeah, spot on. And like, and like, and then like reading it and seeing it and hearing it, I'm like, oh, I do that. I don't do it like that, but I try to, what I, I do it in the way of like, I'm trying to be compassionate. Like, oh, I get that. I've experienced that too. And this is how I experienced it. And I just don't want you to feel alone. Yeah. But the second it crosses the boundary of competition, that is when it is turmoil. That, that absolutely makes sense. Your heart's in the right place, but you got to watch the comparisons. You. Maybe you don't need an example to say, I can prove to you that I understand. You can just say, Listen, I think I understand. Let's go through this together. Um, I love you. I'm here for you. I'm here. I love you. Tell me. Tell me everything you need. This is a safe space. Like, again, if I do say so, I think you and I are very good on this front. I don't know how we hit it off so quickly, but I think you and I naturally somehow fell into a rhythm of like, I trust you. I don't know why I trust you, but I trust you. And like, we fell into this place almost like, Almost naively. I mean, like so quickly without a lot of evidence is all I mean. Sure. Like, I think we've protected each other's safe space, right? We haven't proved each other wrong or whatever. But I think like there's something so natural and really good about that. And that's what Brene is saying. Brene is saying, find those people, right? Find those people. And and make more. And make more. And if they, and like, it's not your job to train them. Like if. If you're hurting, it's also not your job to, to walk them through and hold their hand. Oh, if they're a sympathizer no. or they're like just not here for it, like listen, it doesn't nothing personal. But like we're not on the same wavelength. Godspeed. We need to find yes. somebody else. Like it's like dating. It's like good luck. I don't think you're a piece of shit. You're just not for me. <laughs> like <laughs> I hope yours. you find what you're looking for. <laughs> yeah, right. But in the meantime, I'm gonna yeah. keep looking for mine. You know, it's that same yeah. kind of thing. Like it's a big yeah. world. We don't have to hate people. It doesn't have to be absolute. That's all. Like good yeah. luck. We're not resonating. That connection yes. hasn't been made. That's all. And and connect exactly. If connection is the most important thing, and those connections cannot be made, then let's maybe look otherwhere. Yeah, other places. Um, I'm so proud yeah, of I, us. Yeah, I think that look she would. Yeah, I think that she. Yeah. <laughs> um, go us. Mm-hmm. Um, okay, so we're coming up on the crest of the book for me. I would say this is probably most people, but I don't want to say that for most people. So I'm just going to say for me. Okay. Um, rumbling. Uh, she creates this word, rumbling, as a verb um, that is to say this is where when I'm not understanding why my coworker or partner or teacher or whatever mm-hmm. is not understanding me or I'm not getting them, um, we're, we're not on the same page, we're arguing even, we're getting into what could yeah. turn into a fight, that we're sort of clicking. situation. Yeah. It's not clicking. She sets up, quote, rumble with me here. I'm so Um, interested. Tell me. So there are different ways to enter that rumbling thing. Um, But most importantly, it requires kindness. Mm -hmm. It requires openness. And it's a signal to say, hey, listen, I'm dropping my armor. I'm not coming in this to be right. I'm not looking to win. I'm coming in vulnerable. Let's agree to treat each other with curiosity, knowing that clear is kind and unclear is unkind, knowing that if I'm being vague or manipulative, I can't be kind. Mm. So so to use my words to tell you exactly what I'm thinking, wanting, uh, trying to get at clear is kind. I'm coming in 
with curiosity and goodness. I'm dropping my armor and I'm expecting you to do the same. Can we rumble? Genius. I Genius. really like that. I really like that. So I saw something last week. I follow her on social now. And yeah. I saw something that said, I have to remind myself. I'm not here to be right. 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 I'm here to get it right. Yeah. <laughs> and I was like, sing you Sparrow. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I was like, this is so true. And like, pick a situation. If it's in family dynamics yep. or if it's in a workplace environment, if it's in a spouse situation, pick a thing. You're not here to prove yourself right. Like, okay, I'm going to give you a shit example. But someone who's on the road truck sometimes, sometimes, Dr. Phil said, yeah. do you want to be happy or do you want to be right? Also mm -hmm. from Texas, I think. Is he from Texas? That's like, trash. I don't know. I mean, I don't know. Listen, <laughs> I'm not saying he's a guru or whatever. Like, I'm just saying. He said, do you want to be right or do you want to be happy? And I was like, I want to be happy. Yeah. Whenever it's, you make it sound like that. It's that feeling. It's like, do, how, yeah. how bad do you want to win? Do you want to die on this hill? Do you want to die on this hill in battle? Or do you want to move on to the next one? Like, how yes. worth it is it? And it's that kind of a feeling like, do you want to be right? Or do you want to get it right? Do you want to do the right thing? Or do you want to be right? It's that. And she just gets it. And I think it. that she takes it even a level further because she's not saying it all weird. Like, I'm not giving up. I'm not giving up being right just to be happy. I'm not going to just disregard how I'm feeling. I'm going to, Ooh. with an open and curious mind, yeah. approach you in that moment of vulnerability <gasps> to say, it takes it just a little bit further because it's that thing of like, You're right. I'm coming in kind. I'm coming in gentle. I'm expecting that from you. Mm. I don't have to give up. No, she's, she won't. She's exactly like the first quote that you said. Like, it's not about being right. It's about getting it right. But but that rumbling is about getting that right because that's when you start to listen to the perspective that you are counting out. That's when you start to understand the lens that you didn't see. That whenever you aren't, don't, when you don't have your armor up and you're not defending and you're listening, you're actively listening, that's whenever you start to get it right. How many people are never going to be capable of doing that in their life? They're going to miss out on all the colors of the rainbow because they're going to miss out on all the relationships and stuff because they're going to just insist and sit on their little nugget of gold that they're yep. right. And, and they're never going to budge and they're yep. going to like deteriorate relationships, like good relationships, because... Well, I hope you're happy. Like you can sit alone in your room, like with your rightness. Like again, I know you're. I know you're saying like we can have it both ways. If we can just translate, we got to just connect. If we can connect, then there can be mutual understanding. Is what you're saying? I think like yeah. versus like this is my way. I'm like fuck you if you don't agree. Like yeah. we are in a time right now, if I do say so, of such polarization and division of like this way, that way, no intermediary. It's like. Okay, no, we're literally making this up so we can redefine the story. We can have, you know, morals and values from both sides. We can mediate. There's room to have a conversation. But right now, it's so easy to buy the bait of like, nope, fuck all of them. Like, whatever, blah, blah, blah. So I'm going to tell you a good example. So I was listening to a TED Talk about something. I forget because... That's the amateur in me. Um, but I was listening to a TED Talk and it was on my way to work. And I remember where I was driving because that's irrelevant. But there you are. Um, 
So there was a person speaking about like, she's a, she's a very liberal, like person, whatever, liberal ideals, liberal, like in how she lives her life, like very, very liberal. Well, she said, like, I went into thinking Republicans were like assholes and like closed minded and they were pigs and they were just they were the higher up or whatever. And she's like, what I found becoming an anchor or something like a news anchor or something that like they're some of the kindest people you'll ever meet. And she's like, it really hurt my narrative of like they're all bad and like, I disagree and whatever, blah, blah, blah. Mm -hmm. And she said, I actually have a really close relationship with a Republican now, like a friendship. And I'm, I'm like a far left Democrat and we get along really well because we respect each other's, you know, space and we respect each other's brains. And there's something there. There's something there. Why are we, saying we can't get along, we can get along because it's much deeper than like whatever we claim it to be. So what you're saying with the Brene Brown stuff, it's like, you know, why can't a a liberal, like a very liberal Democrat and a very conservative Republican be friends? Why can't they? Why does it have to be the isolating factor that we focus on? Why can't we discuss things that we share in common and shared values and whatever they just dream of a world (laughs) just dream of a world and like that's utopia right like that's the ideal thing and like i am so fucking triggered by what this president has done in this nation right now that i won't even entertain the idea (laughs) of like making a friend like that i am wounded I am fucking angry is what the fuck I, and if you can find one Republican that give me a good excuse for any of this shit, one reason that any of this shit is right, then I'll fucking listen. But I've never met one and I'm screaming now. Are you angry? Uh, I am so fucking angry. But I will tell you this, in 2021, when Joe Biden is our fucking president, I'm... (laughs) We'll look at, I will revisit Brene Brown's words here and I will open up my heart and I will rumble with some Republicans and we will make the world a better place. I was going to say WWBD, what would Brene do? That's the <laughs> literal. We're the like bracelet the around bracelet. Yes. <laughs> we are making them for free and we're passing them out. People need this shit and they need to be reminded. Um, the next thing in the book is defining values. And this is like, this is another crest. This is another fantastic part of the book. Um, And what she does is like, she lays out like 80 options for like, this is what generally we've come across as like people define as this is a value in my life. And you only get to pick two and you don't get to pick uh, faith and family. Take those out because they're fucking cop outs. And if you- Everybody has faith and family, right? It's like a wash. Exactly. Yeah. And that's, that's the fucking point. That's exactly it. It's like- If you don't take those out, you won't think a second longer on any of this. You'll just write it off Mm -hmm. and you'll be that little guy on your like little gold mountain pissing on it. And that's it. Like it just you'll just go your whole life without confronting any of this within you and within other people. So what are the other choices? Um, If they're not family and faith, what are the other choices? Okay, so I'm going to tell you the story about me and mine. Yes, please. Um, for me, it was a bit shocking, uh, rumbling with the person within me. And I'm not exactly sure that might have come from Brene, too. I talk about the person within me a lot um, because I, I it, stranger to me is the person within me because I yet haven't spent the time working out exactly who that person is yet. I'm not there yet, um, but I'm working on it. Um, but the person within me finding that innovation and freedom are my two top values. 
Growing up and in being a young adult and with my involvement in politics nationally and locally, I really thought something like justice and peace would be up there. Mm. But the more that I thought about it, I think my work for justice has more to do with the goal of true freedom for mm. people who experience discrimination across the board. Mm -hmm. I think seeking justice, freedom. seeking justice is the vehicle to get to yes. the end goal of freedom. Got it. Um, and freedom for me is financial freedom, is adventurous freedom, is ultimate justice. A note here about to play, but you can't play because we don't have the fucking money to buy this song. But uh, Nina Simone, I wish I knew what it would mean to be free. I Nina thought Simone you were going to go, because I'm free. Free, free falling. Crap. I hate that <laughs> so much. Leave it in. Uh, <laughs> who was that? That was Tom awful. Petty. Tom Petty. And then John Mayer. Oh, I'm thinking of a different song. Tom Petty and then John Mayer. Yeah, I'm mm -hmm. thinking of, uh, I've already gone over my time here. I, no, now I sound like Joe Biden. No, no, no. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I've gone over my time. Are you, guys, uh, you guys never call on me. Um, okay. The, <laughs> the end of the book really digs into spelling out how to use the info from these vulnerable moments in your workplace or school, and I even think in family life. Uh, to take the opportunity to seize on the connections needed for a healthy workplace. So I don't want to give any more of it away because you really must buy it. You must read it and pitch I mean, it to your boss. I'm going to. I'm going to buy it I'm, and I'm going to read it because I think in the workplace is just a specifically tricky fucking place it's a, it's a It's a minefield. Kendall, I'm going to read it. I'll do my homework. Read it. I will. And I, I will promise. do it with you because as a working relationship that we have now, yeah. I think that it would be, it would provide some really good foundations for us. So yes, absolutely. Um, da, 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 da. Okay. One more thing though. Okay. So I first found this quote from outside the book, even though I just read Dare to Lead. I first found this quote uh, before I read it. Uh, so I don't associate it. Mm -hmm. But she says, assume people are doing the best they can. If we all think just that way. Oh my God. Can you believe that? <sighs> I mean, like, I believe that so much and I just want to wear it on my forehead. <laughs> so that literally people can, I can just say like, just assume that everybody's doing their fucking best. <laughs> and leave, yeah. I seem hostile, but. <laughs> When no, I, I saw it, it, it just took, like, I saw it on, like, an Instagram post, and it, like, took the oxygen out of my lungs. Because I was just mm. like, whoa, 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 wait, 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 wait. So, assume people uh, are doing the best they can, if we all think that way. Mm. And when I just, in like, I, so I had this, like, spiritual moment in the car when I was writing this earlier. But when I just say that to myself, like, in like, this is true. Like, this is drama, but it's true. Tell me. I can feel the emotional tentacles within my chest go from clenched fist to reaching out like this is so fucking dramatic, like a flower's first kiss to the morning sun, mama. Did you write they are, that? I did. Oh my god! Okay, that's Trash. amazing. That's amazing. No, stop. She's it. a theater girl who Be missed vulnerable. her chance. Be vulnerable. That's right. Fuck that shame. You have Fuck room. That. Fuck that shame. Yes. Live. Oh my Twirl. god. That's amazing. I mean, I feel and it too. I feel I it too, Kendall. Feel when you it. say you're giving us a reason to let our hair down and breathe, like we don't have to clench. You said it so well. We don't have to clench our fists and hide. We can just fucking breathe. 
Like there's something so real in that. I, I, I accept. Yes. It's for us. Like, it's like, uh, like, please know that I'm doing the best that I can. But at the same time, if I can think of other people and that they're doing the best they can, that's revolutionary, too. It hits both sides. It's like, holy shit. Grace, 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 grace. We're in this shit together. We're going to be okay. Grace. Well, I missed that boat. Um, (laughs) Me, too. (laughs) (laughs) We're not that graceful, Kendall. (laughs) No. No, We're no, trying. no, 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 no. We're I trying, just dropped Renee. seven F bombs talking about Republicans. <laughs> so I'm not doing Grace very well, but I'm going to get there. We're you don't count me out. We're going to be back. We just need to fit, we need to round this year out and then we'll be back. 2020 doesn't count, number one. Number two, will is half the battle. If we're willing to look at our rage. <laughs> That's right. We're sitting here in it. Listen, we're on um, our way. We're on our way to evolved people. <laughs> Brene talks about how connection is the most important thing in our lives. It's the most crucial part of a healthy life. This is the big wrap up. This is the bow tie on the end. This is a fireworks show. We're coming to it now. Uh, Connection is the most crucial part for a healthy life. That knowledge paired with knowing what shame can do to it. Mm -hmm. With the tools of empathy and vulnerability to give yourself belonging in the world and prove to yourself that you are worthy of connection and then in turn supply that grace, that openness, that kindness, generosity, liberation of course. to other people is the most gorgeous thought and picture in my mind. And I want to pair it right now. I'm so sorry. I want no, to pair it with me. a quote by our Lord and Savior, Marion Williamson, who also ran for president. And I fucking love her. <laughs> she, <laughs> and they're like buddies. I mean, I don't know if they're buddies, but they tweeted each other one time and it was kind to <laughs> like, okay, I think they're that buddies. they're buddies. <laughs> or they are, they tweeted each other one time. But either way, there's love and vulnerability involved. <laughs> 2017, yeah, exactly. <laughs> I found this quote from Marian Williamson when I was in college. And this paired with what Brene says about connection and like on on an airplane going down, you have to put the oxygen mask on first to then put it on somebody else. You have to do the work for you first. Mm -hmm. All of this shit changed my life. And it's these two women at the same time hitting me at the same time from both sides. Our deepest fear, Marian Williamson, our deepest fear is not that we're inadequate. Our deepest fear is that we are powerful beyond measure. It is our light, not our darkness, that most frightens us. We ask ourselves, who am I to be brilliant, gorgeous, talented, fabulous? Mm. Actually, who are you not to be? You are a child of God. She's Christian. I forgot about that. She's a spiritual leader, but we 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 cool with that. <laughs> You're playing small does not serve the world. There is nothing enlightened about shrinking so that other people won't feel insecure around you. We are all meant to shine as children do. We were born to make manifest the glory of God that is within within us. It's not just in some of us, it's in everyone. And as we let our own light shine, we unconsciously give other people permission to do the same. As we are liberated from our own fear, our presence automatically liberates others. Mic drop. Holy fuck. Kendall, That's who the are we? Let me just rewind that for a second so that I understand mm-hmm. what just got 
blown into my brain. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> Who are we to shrink what we are? Yep. Who are we? How, like, almost like, it's almost like a call to action. It's almost like a, how dare you? How dare you? Mm-hmm. For mm-hmm. others the light that you have inside of you and be who you are and the greatness inside of you. Whoa, Kendall. Wow. Mm-hmm. I'm going to have to and sit on this for a minute. I'm going to have to let this percolate. It's, it, it's the most lovely work. It's the most like, let that shit boil and fervor and ferment. And like, it is just gorgeous what it does to your body. It's amazing. And you pair that with Brene Brown saying, engineering smallness in our lives for fear of criticism is shame. That's shame. We can't put ourselves into a box because we're afraid to get in the arena because we are not only doing that to the detriment of ourselves, we're doing it to the detriment of everyone around us. And if we are at our best, we liberate others to come to their best too. Whoo! I fucking love this shit. I cannot get enough. I'm telling you, this is revolutionary. I need to think on this. As I say, I need to let it like sit in and like get into my veins, get into my circulatory system because Mm -hmm. there's something about, I'm going to, and I think I know you well enough. I think you can always obviously tell me if I'm wrong, but I think, (laughs) I think I know you well enough that what I'm feeling is what you're feeling when you say this. And what you, what I'm feeling is first and foremost, a relief. I feel like I have room to feel Mm. the turmoil and whatever, and I don't have to lock it in a tight little closet. Number Mm -hmm. one. So first Mm -hmm. of all, you have more real estate. Okay. You have more room to express number two. So that that's Mm -hmm. one number two. Do not let the feeling and instinct of closing up and smalling yourself shrinking tempt you because nobody wins and you won't feel good and others won't feel good. So let, you know, let the freak flag fly, like, like be who you are, whatever it is, whatever it is. And like, don't miss, don't step on others, I think is the message from Brene, right? I mean, tell me if I'm wrong, because you're the one that knows better than I do, because I'm just taking it from what you're saying. Don't step on others. Don't step on the neck of others to be six inches taller, but let yourself grow and make room for yourself. And if people are going to shove you, put your elbows out. Like it's not the same. You're not offensively fighting people. You're just taking up space in this world and you don't have to ask forgiveness for that. It's yes. It's, it's, I, I've, so I have like a combination of, of Brene, Marion Williamson and Anne Lamott that bounces around 24 seven in there mm-hmm. in my head. Um, I don't know that she's that specific. Brene is not necessarily like, that's yours, stand in that space, it's yours. Brene is more, be courageous when it's right to be courageous. Call things out when they need to be called out. Um, Be vulnerable, be connected. That's the best way to be. Mm. Miriam says, once you figure out who you are, once you are uh, honoring the person within you and giving it space, it will free other people to have <gasps> their own space. So the combination of these women, the, the, what they're saying is like, it actually counteracts totally like things like jealousy and mm-hmm. criticism and 
like envy because yeah petty stuff exactly because if you do the work first you're in the arena the critic doesn't count (gasps) and you're in the arena you're being in the arena will liberate other people to also get in the arena and we all win when we're in the arena and none of us win when everybody is sitting in the stands looking at each other like who's going to get in that arena first Wow. And that's what we've done for so long. We've just put ourselves in the stands because we're so fucking scared of getting out there, putting our neck on the line and doing it. And on that note, Brene Brown just released, or not just, she just started a podcast and it's mm-hmm. called Unlocking Us. And you can find it anywhere. I know that it's on Spotify. The very first episode was called, it was about FFTs, which is fucking first times because she was <gasps> doing her first episode. And Caitlin and I listened to this podcast FFTs before we started our podcast and listening to this was literally the last push at the edge of the cliff Mm -hmm. that was like jump. It was like, now is the time go. Um, And and, and into being vulnerable and to sharing and speaking and listening and trying to be better through a microphone in public, in the Mm -hmm. arena. Um, And we did that together. So thank you so, so much, Brene. Um, I love you to the fucking moon and back. Uh, Brene Brown also just recently released a special on Netflix, The Call to Courage. It is absolutely fabulous. I dare you to give it a watch. And I want to wrap up this section um, just by saying thank you, Brene, for your diligent, hard, courageous work. I hope you know. I honestly hope you know how much it has changed my life and countless other lives. Keep it up, little mama. You've done us proud. And keep on keeping on. Godspeed, sister. Mm. Tell me either why, why did this resonate so well with you when it did? There's, There's obviously something in your story that speaks to, I needed to hear it when I heard it, at the moment yeah. that I heard it. There's something so poetic about the timing from your yeah. story. So I want to know either that or just tell me something randomly vulnerable. About no, that's now. an excellent question. It's an excellent question. And I haven't put so much thought into the timing. I think as the podcast listeners will know at some point, I am terrible at timing, engaging like things in the past. Um, naturally just terribly uh, terrible at that one thing yeah me Um, too it's fine I think (laughs) I think it was four years ago it could have been two it could have been six I don't know Uh, circumstantially I can put pieces together to kind of remember about what I think Brene would be college and so, so, so freshman year I'm coming out to myself freshman year after the first semester I start dating boys and I'm completely uncomfortable by that because I've been it's it's in my it's in my bones like we were talking about earlier it's in my bones to feel that way. Mm-hmm. Um, but I'm I'm starting to work on this fight of okay like let's come to some sort of and I'm figuring out what I'm feeling what I am who I am what I like the stranger inside me all of that shit I'm just starting that process and here the fact comes Brene and what she does so well. Uh, a, a couple months back I was feeling something and it i was weeping and i didn't i couldn't i I was looking in the mirror narcissist no No. i was looking (laughs) i was looking in the mirror because i'm looking for what am i crying about i'm trying to figure out in the process i'm like what is this and i keep pointing and i'm like trying to like label a part of my body that's like what is that and Mm -hmm. it's right in here in my chest i'm like okay it's right there what is that what is that what are you feeling what are you getting to what are you getting to and I go have lunch with my mom and I start talking about it, start crying again. 
And it comes down to it's shame. It's humiliation. It's shame. Mm. And what Brene does is, I without Brene, I wouldn't have known that. I would have cried at that table, would have cried at that mirror and never figured it out wow. and never have known the name for it and never even been curious about it. Never known. No, you just would have hurt and then limped along. That's it. And let's say that. Yeah, exactly. that's it. Without any kind of healing. You just would have without hurt. Without anything. And that yeah. psychoanalytical, curious, intense person in me will not let that happen. Oh, yeah. Your brain so, would have mulled that over. And if you didn't have the answer. It me crazy. Oh, it would have. It would have driven you crazy. Your brain doesn't stop for that shit. <laughs> like, no. You would not have will... been like, leave it. <laughs> like, oh, yeah. It would. It, my can't. brain would make a U-turn and come fuck me. It'd just you be like, can't. no, rail right through it. Yeah. You're going to analyze the shit out of it, even if you don't have all the puzzle pieces. You're going to force that, those mm. puzzle pieces to fit. You're going <laughs> to slam them in until they fit and you make a fucking weird ass picture. <laughs> That's exactly it. That's exactly it. And Brene, yeah. and I do this every episode, and Brene, and Brene, and I stick my finger up in the stupid air like that. Because Brene also tells, uh, she also named that. She also named whenever a brain doesn't know what's going on, it has to create a story to make sense of what is happening logically mm -hmm. for it. So the stories that we tell ourselves most times are not true. And we go down a rabbit hole and we end up putting ourselves in deeper shit than we were actually in. Mm -hmm. And uh, oh my it God. was... It was an identity crisis for me and somebody giving me the tool set of this is how you're going to get through this. <gasps> and without her, I don't know where I would be. Uh, I, I, I'm so, 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 so grateful. Oh, my God. I mean, it's really, really actionable. You're right. You said it perfectly. She gave me the toolkit. So then when the when the emergency, right, like it's like. She gave me the fire extinguisher in the glass box or whatever. It's yep. just sitting there. I get it. I hear you. Whatever. Then you have an emergency and you've got it and you can run over to it and you can grab it and put the fucking fire out so that you yeah. don't have to like suffer more or inefficiently. Right. You don't have yeah. to suffer unnecessarily. And be confused and be and, and not have the right answers and not have the right language and not have the right. Yes. Like, it's the tongue. It's Say the it. tongue. It's the fucking tongue. But once we figure out how to name it, then oh we can start God. working on it. It's like religion, when we don't Kendall. Know. Exactly. This is amazing. I mean, it's very, exactly. it's very spiritual. It's very true. It speaks yes, heart it to is. heart, doesn't it? I hear you. I hear what you're saying. Yeah. That's amazing. And she was just on the cover of Texas Monthly and she looks amazing. She's stunningly gorgeous. She's because so she's charismatic. Healthy. Because she's not broken she, inside. Her she brain is working. With her. Yeah, exactly. And exactly. also she doesn't drink. I mean, yes, that's probably good for some that's of us. 80% of it. <laughs> live and let live. <laughs> that's right. And we love to. And on that note, I think this is about a wrap. Um, find us on socials. If you've got topic ideas, email us at amateurintellectuals at Gmail. You can find us on Instagram, Twitter, Facebook. Interact with us. We'd love to interact with you. Put those connector feelers out there and we will be connected. Is there anything else you got, Caitlin? I just need to say that I went on, I texted you about it today. I went on Apple Podcasts and I saw that we have four, listen, yes. listen, I know that doesn't sound like a lot, but we have four ratings of five stars. Yes. That is, I don't know math. That is 20 stars. <laughs> that That's, we have. Hell yeah. Listen. And not one of my multiple personalities did those reviews. 
Me Those neither. Those were other people. <laughs> That's right. It was other people, <laughs> as far as I know, unless yeah. I was sleepwalking. But sleep, sleep rating. But I'm just <laughs> telling you, that means so much. Like, let me just tell you, let me just tell you, if anybody who's listening to this, if you're still here, <laughs> <laughs> I got so excited. I ran and showed my husband the rating and then I texted it immediately to Kendall. And I was like, look at this. And not only did I text it to him, I circled it. I circled the screen. I went into a separate Arrows. app. I took a screenshot. I went into a separate app. I circled it with a marker and then I sent it to him. I was That's so right. excited. It means so much to us. If you think that what we're doing is worth anything, <laughs> please, please show us. Because, I mean, we we don't know otherwise. We don't know. And the only other thing that I would say is that we're getting really good support on our Facebook page, which is insane. Um super super humbled excited so please continue the support we need it like listen kendall was talking about vulnerability kendall was talking about Brene's gospel we are being very vulnerable vulnerable right now if i do say so i'm gonna just speak for both of us let me yeah. let me do it i agree we are being so vulnerable by like sharing our opinions taking a stance like you know having opinions in a time that's really divisive so we want to share these things but we want to make sure that we're not doing so for our own like gratification. We want to make sure that people who are hearing it are getting something out of it because that's the point. Say so, that shit. Yes. Yes. So if you are feeling moved by this, if you are feeling like this is something that you look forward to or you want to listen to more, please tell us because this is this is like fun and we're having a great time, but we need to make sure that we're not just, you know, doing it for our own, you know vanity for our own narcissism that's right that's <laughs> right join us next week and we'll see you then mm, bye okay bye <laughs>